0: listening to the Uloft podcast presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world.
1: It was. Yeah. Like very slow. Yeah, Good so media shout.
2: For those who are just jumping in, we're talking about media shout four, because we were harkening back to the old days when there wasn't so much technology involved in pulling off a worship service.
1: Right, because my church has no technology. Yeah, and, and it's and, uh, great because I don't have to worry about all the techy stuff that Kendall and Michael were just doing. Yeah, simple,
2: simple. So often is better. Um, mm. I mean, you can't do some of the things that you can do. With complicated pieces of technology, but at the same time, complicated pieces of technology fail and they fail right at the wrong times when you don't want them to fail. And then it's super awkward. And uh, we started without you. Yeah. Kendall has entered the chat. We just went, real forward we were right? talking about.
0: Oh, you did record? You actually pushed record? Yeah. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we said you know what this podcast <laughs> welcome need, to the you love podcast kendall kendall
0: wow uh, Yeah, y'all you're... y'all absolutely like roasted
1: my style of preaching last time and <laughs> now mean, you start without me so like to be fair i wasn't just roasting you i was roasting thousands <laughs> of people like you so if that makes you feel uh, there's only one it's like me. i make fun of texas fans all the time there's only too, one me and, caleb you know, also, your your drink looks like milk with dirt in it. Uh, well, it's pretty close. It's milk with coffee. So yeah, how much a, of it
0: is milk and how much of it is coffee? Uh, it's about a quarter milk and um, three quarters coffee. Oh, okay. Huh. So yeah, it's just it's it's a blonde. It's a blonde coffee, so it's lighter. No, it's very blonde.
1: It is indeed very blonde. Yeah. I mean, if you I, must I know, like
0: it's cold brew. It's Khalifa cold brew I like, blonde. Like I drink roast. my coffee
1: with like. With fairly amount of cream but i was just like oh yeah i think it be- interesting it actually kind of looks more like a chai tea
0: it actually does, yeah. You know. Too bad this podcast isn't visual
1: at all. So yeah. now y'all are just like, "What is well, this?" Last one week these... I kept picking up my phone, and it didn't work for anything because no one could see that I was picking up yeah. my phone as there you like go. a reference. To I can't the Bible. think of really
2: a worse way to start off an audio podcast. This is the way. This is the to... way that, <laughs> visuals, that <laughs> southerners
0: drink their uh, caught co- their cold coffee is in a big old ball mason jar.
1: That's just true. And their
0: tea. Yes, I don't like tea, so I like cold coffee. This is the way I do. You it. don't like sweet tea? Heck no. Oh, no, sweet tea, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, if you're
1: from the South and you don't like sweet tea, you're not from the South. Right, that's why I was very confused for a hot second because I was like, wait, Kendall doesn't like sweet tea. No, I like sweet
0: tea enough that if you make it in like a five-gallon drum or whatever, it better have like three inches of sugar at the bottom. Right.
1: If you can't feel your art, just so you know, it's not Southern sweet tea if you can't feel your arteries clogging as you're drinking it. 100%.
0: That's
1: probably terrible for your teeth. Um, It's great. I'm more concerned about my heart than my teeth, but yeah, teeth too, I suppose. Yeah,
0: man, this is is the best opening we've ever had, Michael. I just want you to know you (laughs) left me out of it. (laughs) <laughs> I agree it was the best opening we've ever had Thanks a lot guys <laughs> You know what's funny is like for the first time I really hardcore promoted The podcast from the stage Last and we night started This is the you. one that we're releasing After that hardcore push this is gonna be somebody's first experience. And they're gonna be like, "This is garbage."
2: <laughs> why, was <laughs> so, he, why was he talking about this crap from stage? Yeah, I really
1: appreciate that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Well, here's what we can do. You can you can hit the button, stop it, and use all of this for blooper reels. And we can have we should put out a blooper reels podcast I mean, episode. Kind of funny. Yeah. There's also a lot of things that. Well, never mind. Like we don't he, say anything inappropriate, no, no, but no, it would but be We can fun. like go back through all the episodes and just like cut snippets of like stupid things that we've said over the past, I don't know, how long have we been doing this now? 30 yeah.
2: episodes or so? Oh, yeah. I think we're on like 32. Look yeah, at us. So. 32.
1: 32. Big number 32. You know who else was 32 once? Jesus. He, he was. Let's go. Roll. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. He didn't live much long after that, no, but he made it to 32, longer. I'm pretty sure. Also, this microphone I feel like is... I don't know. Something's up. You're
2: that. good. All right. Anyway, uh, I should have used this time to pull up the five points while we wow. were talking amongst oh ourselves. My gosh. Okay, I haven't. I, have I gave here. you this great yeah. Jesus intro. Yeah, I got him. Segue, maybe the not here. intro. You, you, was you, not you know what intro. else is five? The number of stars in the rating you're going to put on this podcast. There so. you go. <laughs> the number of points of Calvinism is where I thought you were going. To <laughs> oh my <count>. gosh! <laughs> now Tell y'all talked it, enough. Y'all talked enough about the nominations last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We we definitely roasted a lot of
1: preachers last week but that's okay like it wasn't roasting it was just like uh you know we want to take Mm -hmm. the bible seriously
0: yes we do want to take the bible seriously
1: and this was just like our thoughts of like how do we do this better like spend more time in the word when we preach so at the end of the message from the unite
2: previous to this podcast uh we had five points that we were asked to kind of meditate on and reflect on and find out which of these five points maybe we should be taking a little bit more seriously. And, uh, first of all, do you think that it should be uh, like an, an issue of taking just one of the points? Like, rank ordering them or trying to approach all five at the same time. Okay.
0: So let me, let me throw this out there. Uh Let's set up the five points and yeah, yeah. why they were told. Yeah, Why were, why were, man, they we are crushing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Please go listen to other ones yeah, uh, we that we've done all of this bad. So yes. Okay. Here's the, here's what <laughs> the it was, the, 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 sir. The first point, total depravity <laughs> and go. No. So here's what it was. These were practical ways to use your gift of singleness, yeah, five practical ways to use the gift of singleness. By the way, uh, for a little background, you have the gift of singleness if you are not married. Boom, so I do not have the gift of singleness. These other two gentlemen just near the gift me of gab. I do uh, indeed. Uh, these me two too. also, they <laughs> have the gift of singleness. not me, I've got the gift of marriage. so. Mm. practical steps or practical ways to use your gifting of singleness,
2: that is the five-point setup. Yeah, that's really, I feel I feel set up for it now. So point number one, <laughs> take a ministry trip once a year to spread the gospel. Point number two, belong to a church, serve, give, and belong. So like the idea here being that Belong to a church doesn't mean just show up on Sunday and consume everything. It means show up, volunteer, become a member, tithe, like really invest in a godly community, you know, in your in your church. Point number three, build a Christian community. So this is kind of a build off of point number two. Um, you want to surround yourself with fellowship of other Christians and maybe even live together. So for instance, um, you know, if you, I don't know, what, what's a good example of Christians living together in a way that's like, appropriate. Like roommates. Uh, monks. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, monks do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> monks, um, yeah. No, like roommates, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, same sex roommates and just kind of mitigating uh, cost for rent. I mean, yeah, that's the reason yeah, why a lot important. of people get married is financially it's easier to have one set of bills than two. Um, and so that kind of also helps in your in your single days of like, man, I'm struggling by myself. So
1: you could live with somebody else yeah. that is Jesus as well. It's just nice to have a companion around, right? Yeah. Especially during COVID, I was living by myself. My only companion was my dog, and it sucked. Let <laughs> me <we> just tell <laughs> you, bad. Like, living by yourself is not like fun long term. So, not long term. Okay, so it has it's it has its perks, but by and large, yeah. good
2: old homestead. <clears throat> um, point number four: be trained in the Bible, and we referenced podcasts like this one, as well as Theos You, which some people call the. Uh, the the Netflix of the Bible. Yeah, that's what it was. The Netflix, <laughs> no, no, no. The oh Netflix of Bible College. <laughs> the the <laughs> Netflix Great. of Bible College. Okay. Uh, point number five, process all decisions in how they will bring God glory. Yes. Okay, so you're thinking about this and it doesn't have to be big things. It can just be in your daily life. Okay. So I immediately failed at this right after Unite. Um, I'll just say I went to sheets and a, an older woman who was clearly destitute, like not faking it, like actually homeless, came up and she said something to me, like asking if I had blah, 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 blah to spare. Uh-huh. And it, it I asked her to repeat herself because I didn't understand what she said the first time, and it still came out like blah, 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 blah to spare. And so I said no. And then what a I guy. just uh I felt bad about it immediately after. But then I thought, well, I don't know, I didn't really know what she said and didn't want to commit to something that I didn't want to do. And right. So, yeah, that probably didn't bring God glory. And <laughs> stuff like that happens to you all the time. And if you're not watching out for it, you know, you're going to do it too.
0: The same and kind of people that turn old ladies away are the same kind of people that will start a podcast without one of its hosts being present. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, no.
1: Yeah. Okay, uh, here's here's what hey, I want to uh, do. Though I will say this. Kudos to you for saying, hey, I screwed up and didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. So, well, I might sins have. Here, here, here's, are forgiven. here's
2: the deal. I might have
1: screwed up. I don't know what she asked
2: for. <laughs> like, what if she was asking for something that wouldn't have brought God glory to give her? That is true. Yeah. yeah.
1: So there's a
2: weird noise. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you should yeah select that one and make it like a little. It's actually drop. the second time in Indiana that I've had that happen. The other time was at Sheets also, but at a different Sheets. Was it the same woman? No, it was a guy, oh. and I actually offered to take him in to buy him food, and he's like, "Oh no, I actually don't need anything. I just wanted to hear you say that." And then he walked away. Hmm. So it's wow, like okay, I, well, maybe these are angels that are being dropped down to test well, you. I oh, need to yeah. stop being tested. That's okay, too, too many times.
0: <laughs> here's the deal: I want to get this back on the track and on the rails for uh, that was a for, good for biblical, no, it, it was yeah, good, it was good. But here, out of the Bible. here's what I think we could do to uh, to make this a little bit more streamlined. Let's take each uh, each topic mm-hmm. and let's expand each one of those. Some of these are going to oh, be yeah. a little shorter, and some of these are going to be a little longer. Um, but I mean you know, Michael, you are the master of questions. So why don't you help us expand these particular uh, points?
2: Okay. So let's look at uh, point number one, take a ministry trip once per year, kind of with the intention of spreading the gospel. Do you think that a person should restrict this idea to being part of a church and going on an actual ministry trip as part of like an outreach uh, that's sponsored by a church? Or do you think that You know, because people go on vacation all the time and you know, when I was in the Dominican Republic for vacation, there were lots of opportunities to spread the gospel. I didn't take them because I wasn't a Christian at the time, but still like, I feel like spreading the gospel in a foreign land, if we restrict that to missionary work, to like formal sponsored missionary work, uh, we might be limiting ourselves. So what do you think about that?
0: Yeah. I actually think it's a great idea to just say, I'm going to be a carrier of the gospel wherever I go. And so this, this point is kind of twofold essentially is that, man, when you're single, you have nothing really holding you down. I mean, yeah, a job maybe, but go travel the world. Like honestly, the the foundational element of that is, or the, the, um, the foundations are the cornerstones, I would say of this point is go travel the world, have a good time, enjoy yourself, but carry the gospel with you wherever you go. Yeah. So I would say yes, you you absolutely can sign up for uh missionary trips or whatever. Um you know, specifically through the church or through a um through a missions organization, but this also means go enjoy your life. Go have time or go have time to yourself, go explore the earth because when you have kids, when you're married, you probably won't have um the time or the energy or the resources to be able to do this very thing. Yeah. Um so do it now because you can do it a lot cheaper right now than you could if you also had to support a family for that.
1: So I have um, a couple of thoughts. One of them, and they're kind of on two opposite ends of the spectrum. One of them is I would maybe say, don't go overseas and do that one um, because the United States has just as many people who don't know anything about Jesus than anywhere else. Um, And two, when you go overseas with zip training and think that you're going to accomplish something significant, you're going to cause yourself harm or somebody else harm. And so I'm very dubious about places that do that. So, for example, I have a friend who's currently a missionary in an undisclosed place in the Middle East. Um, and he's working with Muslims. Um, and he has spent the last seven years of actual formal education. He is an undergraduate in Islamic studies and a master's in Islamic studies. And then he spent two years um, training in Arabic. Um, And only then was he really qualified to do the work that was called to do, right? Otherwise, he would have caused damage, harm, and hurt, I think, in most places that he would have gone, right? And he spent, while he was doing his studies, actually three years in Pittsburgh working with Islamic refugees um, so that he could get a better understanding of the culture. And I think part of what we do poorly in a lot of instances, not every instance, um the nice thing about working with churches, and I know Summit does this, and I know Grace Methodist Church does that, is that when we send people um, on mission trips, even if they're short term, we send them to places that we have had long term connections with. So, for example, um, Grace does a, a trip to Mexico every year, and it's usually a week, two week kind of thing. But we have been working with these same group of people for the last twenty six years straight. Right, so it's like we're not, we know the that we're not damaging. Kind of the areas that we're going to by just you know being the stupid americans that typically go places right that can be harmful um but i i think a better way and and this is what you were alluding to i had a friend um and i'm about to make a friend's reference without actually attend <laughs> uh, like trying to make a friend's reference um I, I enjoy hiking backpacking that kind of stuff i have a friend um and who when we were in college did a backpacking trip through europe which if you're a friend's fr- you know fan you'll understand that kind of reference Um, and he wasn't like the point of it wasn't to spread the gospel in any term, any sense of the word. He wasn't doing it evangelically in any sense. He wasn't going, um, backpacking. He went through like Spain, France, and Italy, um, kind of around the Alps and, uh, he wasn't doing it to spread the gospel, but every time he stopped in a hostel, um, and if you've ever been in a hostel, usually when you stop there, you end up chatting with everyone else who's staying in that hostel that night. Right. And he would just talk about Jesus and the fact that he's this American, and he goes to a Christian college, um, and he's backpacking through Europe. Um, and what made that really successful is he wasn't going to cultures. He didn't know. Um, he wasn't a, a country he didn't know, but the people he was hanging out with all had something in common. They all enjoyed it. Backpacking, So he understood that culture and he understood what people were like who enjoyed that same hobby, right? Because he lived that. Um, And so he wasn't like blindly walking to places he didn't know blindly walking into cultures he didn't know. Um, And being a bull in a China shop, he was um, doing something he loved with a group of people that he could get along with. um, And in the midst of that, share the gospel. And I think that's a far better way. So and who doesn't like backpacking through Europe? Probably yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say that I, <laughs> even from last night
0: uh, that I was advocating, or even in the book that we were kind of going over, outdated that we're advocating like, you know, run with you know, run into the woods with your Bible and be like, I'm going to share Jesus. Like don't don't go to some indigenous people group (laughs) just because you want to see the island and then try to tell them they might might eat you. So don't do that. Um, but it is a good idea. What I meant was like carry the gospel. And that's what you just said. Like exactly right. Like don't go on a missions trip by yourself. That's a terrible idea. But if you, wherever you go visit, whether it be, (laughs) um, stateside or abroad, you should be a carrier of the gospel if you follow Jesus. And so you shouldn't be acting a fool. You shouldn't be, you know, being wild or or a dumb American, uh, as you just said, like causing issues. What
2: you should be doing is carrying the gospel and loving people and serving them wherever you're at, however that might look. Yeah. So before we move on to point two, you open a separate can of worms here, I think, because... Oh, no. um, Or maybe, oh, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, Maybe. Uh, so we talk about the idea of being qualified or at least trained somewhat to mm-hmm. do a missions trip. Yeah. And I wonder if sometimes there is damage done even locally when a person tries to share the gospel who's not trained to share the gospel. Now, I know there's an allergy to that in the church because it's like if, if you've given your life to Christ, kind of people feel like the first thing you're supposed to do is multiply. And I think the problem sometimes is that... And then the recourse is always, okay, we'll just tell your story. You can just tell your story. It doesn't take training to tell your story. But sometimes a person's story is wrong. Sometimes... <laughs> like really
0: I, well, you mean their their perception of how things have played out you mean or right how
2: so, god works so in for life, instance yeah. um it, pastor Mel just said recently that a guy had told him that he thought god told him to divorce his wife and he's like well no that probably didn't happen because in scripture right. he says not to divorce your wife yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I, I guess my issue with testimony sometimes mm-hmm. is that when it's biblically uninformed it's hard to sort out what's just the person's imagination versus what is actually part of their testimony or what's actually part of what they'd be trying to do when they're spreading the gospel. Do we have issues with that? Are there dangers? Okay.
0: Uh, A couple things here. Yes, there are dangers, but I am, and I might be the only one at this table that believes this, but I am fully believing that if someone has truly been transformed by the power of the Holy spirit and they are then living, pursuing Jesus, and they are even stepping out to share the gospel, I am fully believing that the Holy Spirit is leading that moment and leading that person. They might stumble on their words. They might say something stupid. They might not articulate the theology perfectly or whatever, but I I do believe that the Holy Spirit will make up for gaps in that. In that area, because I believe, I if you, leave that with you. okay You're good, because if you deter, if you deter people from saying, well, no, you need training to share the gospel, then what about uh, Acts one eight? You will receive power, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. I'm not going to go list everything, but to the ends right. of the earth, right? Well, and, and like the, that's not just for the apostles; that's for everybody. Like that part is for I believe that part is for everybody. So if I follow Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit is on me, is in me, then I should therefore be able to have the power to be a witness. Yeah.
1: I mean, Peter is kind of a prime example of this. And if, sorry, you know, I'm kind of using you for an example. If, you know, you're listening, Peter, I don't know. <laughs> right <Peter>. now. <laughs> um, like that guy was stupid, right? <laughs> He had gaps in his theology. He was actually called right. an uneducated man. Yeah, yeah. he has gaps in his <laughs> theology. He is not trained in the least bit. I mean, he is trained in the sense that he hung out with Jesus. So like, what better training can you get? But even then he didn't catch on right, the most But stuff. Most of the stuff seems to go in one ear and out the other. It's like he was never trained. So there, I think there's a, a, a spectrum here, right? Because the church, for as long as the church has existed, has had like waiting times slash trading times for people when they first became Christians and first entered into the church, right? Like you couldn't just become a member randomly. And even we do this, right? Your church does this, I know this, you have to do like classes and then a membership class and you have to like be plugged in. Um, And our church does this too. So it's like, there's a, you can still spread the gospel, and here's why. I think you can, but also it's good to receive this training. Um, God often works in spite of all of the things that I say. Right? It's like I say mm-hmm. some really stupid things sometimes. It's not just Saint Peter. Um, me too. And and God often did I, I I think I may have mentioned this right my friend who threatened to uh, crucify a kid to a chapel yes, cross yeah you've
0: told us that before whoa I don't well, know I, if mean, I heard not that. on the podcast okay, we so talked about that in passion
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> mention that on the podcast so I worked at a summer camp for and this is just prime example I think this is really good um, <clears throat> I worked at a summer camp for six years um, and one of those years I was the counselor in charge of all the other counselors so if there was a problem people came to me um, and I tried to sort things out my one friend who was a counselor that year was not really good with like the younger kids like eight to ten was great with like high school students he was fine with like 12 13 14 year olds a little bit you know more mature really sucked with eight and ten year olds um and this week he had a the group of eight and ten eight to ten year olds and there was one camper in particular and truth be told this camper was a turd like this this kid sucked (laughs) um and And the counselor was just getting fed up and fed up and fed up. And this kid was purposely being annoying to the counselor because he could tell he was getting fed up and Mm -hmm. fed up and fed up. Well, one day in the middle of chapel, like we're listening to the word of God being preached. This kid was just annoying and pestering and wouldn't stop talking. And the counselor was like, hey, if you don't shut up, I'm going to nail you to that chapel cross. And (laughs) immediately (laughs) the kid starts crying and he starts crying and he comes up to me. I didn't know any of this happened. He comes up to me. and was like... Caleb, I said something I shouldn't have said. And I was like, oh no, did you curse in front of a camper? <laughs> oh, no. And he was like, oh no. Far <laughs> way worse. <laughs> and I was like, what what did you say? And he was like, I may or may not have threatened to nail a kid to a cross. Oh man. And I oh, was no. like, oh no. And I was like, you need to go apologize immediately. Right. And he's like, Yeah, I know. I just don't know what to say. And I was like, um, well, you can't do worse. <laughs> so <laughs> say anything, right? So he goes up and he he goes to apologize to this kid, right? And this kid comes up and he's actually he's still crying, but he goes up to the counselor and he actually apologizes first. And I was like, shoot, dang. So he goes up and he says, look, I know, I, I know you said that out of frustration. and I know I've been like really annoying and I know I've been pestering you um, and and I'm sorry. And and the counselor had like no idea how to react. He was like, well, I still shouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry. And they ended up having a heart to heart. And it turns out this kid, as one would expect when kids act poorly, it's like maybe something else is going on behind the scenes and something was going on, something else was going on behind the scenes. Um, but it ended up that they, the next day when they were having their one-on-one together to talk about like the gospel and stuff like that, that kid ended up accepting Jesus Christ. Um, and it, like the fact that he threatened to <laughs> nail a kid to the cross, um, like opened up that conversation for the, those apologies on both end, um, that led this kid to Christ. And so wow. I was like, yeah. the worst possible thing that someone could say, God yeah. worked in spite of it to change, to like soften this kid's heart to something that he was going to do. Yeah.
2: So so there's two things that we can leave on this with. And I think the, the second one you tell me whether you agree with, but the first one we just discussed, which is that even if you blow it profoundly, God can redeem it. Yes. And so you shouldn't be scared to try yes. in the sense that if you cause a train wreck, he can still use your train track train wreck to bring people to him. Yeah. Um, that's great. I really <laughs> like that. The second piece is that um, I agree on the Holy spirit point. Um, I would just add to that, that if a person is being led by the spirit, that person would also have an appetite for the word of God. And if they don't have an appetite for the word of God, I would question whether or not they're being led by the spirit.
1: Yes. Yeah. I I can go with that.
2: I would
0: agree with that. Cool. All right.
1: (laughs) Podcast over. I mean, we're going to come back to,
0: we're going to come back to talking about the word of God in a moment. So like.
1: I will say this, like, there is a time and place for legitimate, like training, formal training in apologetics and apologetics and like for my friends studying other religions, oh, yeah. right? Um, but not every single person in the church needs to go through this. Thing. I just, yeah, yeah, I think
2: there's so much conflation. I think people, when people hear about being led by the Holy Spirit, they they can start to think that everything they say is spirit inspired yeah, 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 yeah. and like, that's the, the, the rub right. And so
1: if you think something is spirit-inspired and you want to say it, if it is nowhere in Scripture, it is not spirit-inspired. That's always the rule. That is the true. spirit only speaks things that have already been spoken by the word of God, right? And so they will never go against each other because they're both the word of God. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever wondered, like, I wonder if what that person said to me was really from the spirit, go see if you can find it in the word of God. Or if you think God is trying to tell you to tell something, Go see if you can find it in the word of God. And if it's not there, don't say it. And if it's not there, don't listen to it. Right
2: on. That's awesome. Okay, so point number two, belong to a church. And when we say, maybe we can even lump these two, point number two and point number three together. So point number three is build Christian community. So point number two, belong to a church. Point number three, build Christian community. So um, when we talk about belonging to a church, we're talking about really getting involved. So Mm -hmm. um, I think when someone steps into a church for the first time, what they might experience is the sense of, okay, well, these people are really friendly to me, but they're only being friendly to me because they want my tithe and they want me to serve, they want me to volunteer. And so then when you make the approach and you say, Hey, you know, do you want to serve or do you want to volunteer? They're like, ah, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, ah, I knew it. And also they think that you're probably like the give a mouse a cookie kind of thing, like, oh. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit and then he's going to want even more and more and more. And pretty soon I'm going to be here every time the doors are open. And, and the answer is yes. But you say that like it's a bad thing, right? Yeah. Okay. So someone day one coming to a church, thinking about going to church, what road do they need to walk to belong to that church? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Uh so for me,
0: I mean, if you're if you're actually taking day one, they believe are they a believer or not? Because uh, step well, number one is believe in Jesus. I, I, I think yeah, that, fair it, enough.
2: It is, it is the case. Yeah, let's say they are a believer because we we don't want to muddy the waters too much and we'll say that somebody moves to a different state and they're looking for a church. Okay. They say, okay, I want yeah. to block a church. What do they do? Yeah, or, yeah, that works.
1: Even better, you just came to a college that you're not familiar with any of the churches in the area. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Uh, the first, yeah, <laughs> there you go. You can go to Instagram, at United IUP.
1: Come check out United, 727, Tuesday night. So streamless. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. So honestly, I think that the best way to do, and this is very, very difficult for, um, well, not super difficult, but if you are an introvert, it's going to be harder. Uh, number one, if you are going to a good church, okay. If you're going to a really good church, someone probably has already greeted you and asked you for, uh, your information or asked you like, you know, who you are what you do, where you're from, uh, what brought you in, or, you know, if you're connected with someone like a good church that has a good, uh, welcoming committee or hospitality team or whatever is going to make the first step. So what I would say is that at that point, if you are brand new into a church, then just follow that first step. Right? So like here at summit, we have a card or a text in, or a QR code that says, here's my information. And then, whenever that person sends in their information, or they take it to the welcome center, um, somebody gets back to them and says, "Hey, I know it was your first time here. Whatever, do you have any questions for us here at Summit?" Or you right. know, and we kind of give them the rundown of what Summit Church looks like. And I'm sure many of our other churches that that are represented in United do the too. exact same kind of thing.
1: Um, now, not every church does that, and I don't. You know, some of you aren't going to end up in churches the size of Grace or Summit or. Uh, but smaller church. So for example, I pastor a church of 20 people. Um, I don't have a hospitality team. I don't have an info desk. I don't have all of that, but, but I do you say have this. members I who have are people who are going to ask you about yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm going to, you know, check in on you and they're going to check in on you. And so yeah, just, So that's like, if you don't go expect to, the formality of it necessarily. Cause not every church, but if
0: you go to a good church yeah, with Bible believing Christians who are a good community, hi. they're going to say hello to you. They're going to take the first step. So now ask. it's for you to carry the baton. And right. what I would say is, um, in that moment, you've got to, you've got to meet people, like start with the people on stage, like, you know, go try to meet with them. I mean, I know that might seem kind of crazy. But, uh, when I was, it was a little bit different, but, um, there was a period of time, me and Ashley, my wife, um, I was yet to be a pastor. I was leaving an internship with the church. And so I had gone to a different church and I wasn't a youth pastor yet. And so we visited a bunch of different churches. Well, what would end up happening is we would come in and we would, you know, uh, see the hospitality team and, you know, they would welcome us and all that stuff. And if we came back a couple of times, like if we came back to that church. There was one particular church. We came back to a couple of times. I reached out to the pastor. Like I re I emailed the, um, I emailed the pastor and whether it went to his secretary, whether it went to him, whatever, I was like, right. Hey, I'd like to get, I'd like to get lunch. or like to get coffee. Like talk to you guys about your church and see what it's all about. And now at this point in time, I was 20, 21. Um, so, uh, even though I was married, I'm still a young adult. So like, it was a matter of, You've got to take the step to plug in and you've got to connect by right. talking. You can't make the excuse of well the church is too big. You can't make the excuse of well I'm just another number. I'm I mean another... you
1: can make that excuse. It's just not a good excuse. Yeah, you
0: can't you can make the excuse but it's dumb. Yeah. Um so <laughs> don't make that excuse. Like go talk to somebody. Um if you feel like you could have a home there. Now if you go to the church and nobody says hello to you and nobody welcomes you, and their teaching is not biblical. Yep. And maybe, <laughs> like, maybe just go, away. just run away from that. <laughs> don't don't get involved there. But you've got to take the first step, and I think whatever church it is, after you or the second step, after you take that step, you're gonna have what is laid before you in yeah. how do I get involved? Yeah. What am I supposed to do here? Uh, you know, how do I become a member?
1: Whatever. Okay. So what if? What was our, the original question? I don't even remember at this point.
2: Well, we're we're trying to. Um, talk about the two points belong to a church. Oh, right. We're talking about right. what is belonging. At like yeah. a deeper So, level, so, yeah.
1: you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't been to a church yet, but you like United, we would say, Hey, getting plugged into a church. Let's say you have got plugged into a church. Now you want to get more involved with United, like come talk to one of us. Right. That, like that's how that's going to happen. You're mm-hmm. like, I really feel passionate about this ministry. I've been coming every week. Um, I really feel like I'm good at maybe these things. And you know, I like techie stuff. It's like, by the way, we could use some techie stuff or I really like (laughs) taking photography stuff. And it's like, great. We have a spot for you. I really like being smiley at a door. It's like, great. We have a spot with you, but we don't know that unless you say something. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been in the church long
0: enough to know that there's been people who have come and sat in the seats and they've left because they're like, well, you didn't ask me to do anything. Or like, you didn't, you didn't approach me enough times. And it's like, yeah, we we tried, we opened the door, but yeah. you have to also like right. this is a two-way street. You've got to make a move and that's right. why we put this in here is to say you cannot just come and sit down and consume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. if there is if there is one major issue with the westernized church or with Christianity Consuming, and church, it is yeah. consumerism Christianity and I cannot stand it. Come in here, let me be fed my fast food, let yeah. me sing the songs that yeah. I like, let me be oohed and odd and by the sermon or whatever, let me yeah. feel good about myself when I walk out and I'll be back next week. Yeah. That mm. is
1: the worst way to attend church. So Paul talks about um, this idea between uh, mature Christians and infant Christians, right? Um, and he, he uses that uh, analogy and he talks about food, right? It's like um, we give milk to infants and we give, you know, meat to Adults, right? But the other thing that makes a difference between um, an infant and an adult is um, infants can't feed themselves, right? So it's like um, you get in what you put in, right? Mm-hmm. Or you get out what you put in. And people who are coming in and just taking, like consuming what other people give them are always, 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 always going to be an infant. Okay. You will never move out of that infancy stage if all you're doing is taking and eating what someone gives you on a Sunday and you're not putting anything back in. When you start to put back things back in, you start growing um, because when you're putting things in, you have to figure some of those things you're out. You start feeding yourself, right? Um, and then you can grow. But if you're just showing up and you're just taking, you will always remain an infant Christian. Okay, two points, and then we can go on to point number four. Uh,
2: what if I want to stay an infant? So what if I want to, what what if I'm thinking about coming to a church? <laughs> I mean, that's your prerogative. Don't ask me that question, because I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, that might be the answer. Is like, so, so ha- Okay, so you come to a church, somebody like, maybe they already have community outside of the church, like they, huh. they're really in- involved with their workplace friends, whatever, but they want to learn more about Jesus. They happen to see that, like, worship's really good at this one particular church, and they like worship music, so it's like, okay, I'm going to go to this church, I'm going to sit kind of in a shady corner, and I'm going to watch the service, and then I'm going to leave, and that's all I ever want to do um and first I was going to ask why would why is that wrong but I think you answered that question because you don't grow as a Christian you don't you don't grow out of infancy but then the the next question I think that is kind of important to ask because I think a lot of people are scared to grow out of infancy why uh why would I want to not stay an
1: infant if I can continue to be taken care of and all that stuff well, I will say this. There are going to be a lot of infant Christians who make it into heaven, right? Like, so there's that. If you want to stay an infant Christian, you can, and Jesus will still love you.
0: If the only point is to make it to heaven. That's
1: a crappy then, way of living, though. Yeah, that's terrible. Because, you have no fulfillment in life. Yeah, to that's do the that. thing. So Jesus promises this abundant life, and children don't grasp how abundant life is, right? Um, because everything is protected around them, right? Like, parents, I mean, they can get a hint, right? But when you start being able to form a relationship with God yourself, as opposed to someone telling you, it's like, if you told me about Kendall all the time, I could get a little bit of a gist of what Kendall is like, but that is very different than me forming a relationship with Kendall mm -hmm. myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're showing up to church, the pastor hopefully is telling you a lot of things about God. So you can kind of get a glimpse of who God is. But if you want a genuine relationship with God yourself, you got to do that yourself, right? Yeah. You got to take the effort yourself. And you don't have to, you're just going to have a very lame life. Yeah, yeah the, you you, you, you are gonna be lame. I'm calling you all lame. That's <laughs> lame. I'm fine with that. You're Lamos. you're living you're living for a ticket to go to heaven, and yeah. like, and that is the worst way. And to part live. of me wonders if that's the only thing. Part of me wonders if you genuinely be f- been filled with the Holy Spirit, because people who are filled with the mm. Holy Spirit want to know God for themselves. They don't just want other people to tell them about.
0: Yes. God. Yes. So I was going to make. I'm glad you set that up because I was going to make a statement that I thought was going to be really harsh and possibly uh, mean, but. Uh, I'm just going to say it because you just set it up. Yeah, I would say if you want to stay in infancy, like if that's like your desire, not just been like, well, you're malnourished or maybe right, you, right, right. you you didn't have a choice or maybe, you know, your community isn't very great or you don't have access to a Bible. I, I don't know what it could be. It could be a thousand different reasons yeah. why you stay there. But if your choice is to actually stay there, I'm not the judger of of hearts, but I would say, I don't know that you really follow Jesus. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Because to me, if I I am pursuing Christ, then he is moving me towards him. And he told me and you and everybody else who follows him, carry my word, carry the gospel, be be filled with the Holy Spirit, have the power, go and do something in this world for the kingdom of God. And so if you sit on your butt and don't do a dang thing about it ever, I would say you are not pursuing Jesus. Therefore, I would say, I'm not sure
1: you're saved. Mm hmm. And right. that's
0: where we you said we'll have we'll have a Spirit, lot of
1: the Holy Spirit will always <gasps> draw you closer to God. Absolutely. So if you don't feel like you're being drawn closer to God one way or another, either you're working against the Holy Spirit, which sometimes that does happen. Like I do that in my own life. Yeah. But if I'm doing that my whole life, that's a different thing. Right. And maybe I don't have the Holy Spirit in me like I thought I did. Yeah, I think that one of the things that we have to do is we have to,
0: uh, as Christians, we have to sit and we have to say, God, what do you want from me? What do you want for me? What do you want to do through me? And if you don't ever ask those questions... I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm concerned because you don't have a real relationship with God. You just said that, yeah, there's some infant Christians who will get into heaven. There are are so many people who think that they are Christians who will not be getting into heaven because... They come and they consume, and they think that that's enough, and they yep. don't ever do anything else. Yep. And that is a major concern. That is a major issue. And that's why it's so important to, to uh, be invested in the local church. Because the local church isn't here to put on a show or to make people happy. The local church yeah, is to spread the gospel that. in the community. Like you could make, you could have all the perceptions you want, but technically it's to preach Jesus within the community and to grow the kingdom. and to
1: get people off the pathway to hell.
0: Yes. And if you're not a part of
2: that, if you're just a part of consuming, then you're not a part of the local church. Okay, so there there's one more piece to this, and I think it it is a hesitancy uh, when it comes to wanting to step out and volunteer. So we talked a little bit about people who expect you to approach them multiple times and really just drag them into volunteering or serving. And I think that one of the reasons for that that doesn't get discussed often enough is that churches can become so excellent or so buttoned down in their presentation and everything that they do that. It, from, from an outsider's perspective, it can feel like asking like a team of doctors, if you can just come be a doctor with them, or like a, if you can ask a police officer, Hey, I'd like to be a police officer. Can you yeah. just take me with you and give me a weapon and everything? Like <clears throat> you can feel like you're going to be nothing but a liability. If you try to step out and serve this church because of how excellent their all their teams are. And it's like, that is, we should aim for excellence in our discipleship and our training and all this, but what would you say to somebody who's got that sense of like, well, I can't contribute to what they're already doing because what they're already doing is so above my skill level. What, mm. How do you, how do you break them out of that?
0: So I, I, I'm a terrible person to ask this question because I'm not saying this in a prideful way, but I don't know that I've ever had that mindset. I've just been in the mindset of like, if I don't know yet, I will, if I ask, right? Like, <clears throat> I just I have I have an understanding in general that if someone is better than me I should be going and talking to them anyways to learn how to be better like if if I um uh, I, I enjoy uh, graphic design right and so like in order for me to get better at graphic design, I need to learn from a better graphic designer. I need to go and watch tutorials or see people uh, do it or come alongside someone that teaches me right But I don't say well I can't ask you to teach me or I can't ask to walk alongside you because I'm not as good as you like I have to have the mindset of this is a developmental time I want to be developed and I think it's just a matter of being hungry for development really like, I, I, I struggle to put myself in that mindset of, well, um, they're just too, they're just, you know, they got it too buttoned up. So I just can't mm-hmm. even enter into that space because I'm okay with starting at the bottom and working my way up, or I'm okay with starting at the bottom and learning some different things and saying, how do you guys do this? Um, but I guess on the other side of it, if 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 I had anything to say to someone who's feeling that way, I would say, you just have to leap and and ask. Yeah. Like you just have to leap off the ledge and ask, where can I be
2: used? Yeah, and yeah. I would just say too, like a lot of times um, it, it's not the case that they have everything buttoned down as much as they make it look like. A lot of times
1: it's the case that they'd really love your contribution. They really need your contribution. A prime example of this. So I think the the caliber of, of music musicality that we have for united it's pretty darn good um and we have some great worship leaders um they asked me to play piano and i am not at the same caliber as everybody else musically uh a couple weeks in a row i still did it um and it was rough the first week and the second week and a little less rough the third week <laughs> and the fourth week um but yeah we are not as buttoned down as you th- might think we are mm-hmm. here's the other thing um so I'm going to couch this back in the larger topic that we're talking about, right? We're talking about how to make use of this gift of singleness, right? Um, Part of the reason why I think people think those types of things is because they have no idea what gifts God has given them, right? People have no idea. Um, I know that because I serve a church. Um, I serve churches where there are people in those churches who have no idea what, God has given them as gifts, right? And I can see them sometimes, but they don't know themselves, right? Um, and so they think, I can't serve in any, in any capacity because they don't actually know like the the richness of what they're sitting on, and they're just sitting on it, right? So part of like this season of singleness, one of the things that you need to be doing is cultivating the gifts. One, figuring out what they are, if you don't know what they are, and two, cultivating them yourself, right? Right. Um, so that you can think, wow, I think I really have something to offer here. I really think that this is something that could be contributed to expand the kingdom and the gospel right um and, and singleness is a great time to do that, right because how often do you get chances to work on your own like gifts? When yeah, you got kids, in a while. very I Have little. to wake up early to do so. Yeah, right. Uh, I have lots of time. I don't make use of it, so that's not great. But <laughs> um, I have a lot more time to do those things. Right? Singleness is a. You think you're gifted musically? Great. You know what is? You know what a perfect time is to learn an instrument? Um, not when you have kids. Any other time yeah. but that. <laughs> I literally can never play
0: music at my house, because my kids ruin it.
1: Yeah. Right. So it's like (laughs) use this gift of singleness. I have a a great I can spend most of my day if I wanted to um, listening to sermons to get me to become a better preacher. Right. I could spend a lot of my day doing that because I don't have to worry a lot about a lot of things. I mean, this is what we were talking about last night between Kendall and I. It's like Kendall's a family. He has to go to a family and like care for them when he gets home from work. Right. I can go home from work and do whatever the heck I want for the most part. Um, And if it's like, if I want to sit and listen to 15 sermons in a row, for the record, I'm not that lame. But (laughs) if I wanted to, to make myself more useful in the preaching realm, I can do that. If I wanted to go learn a new skill because I think I'm kind of maybe good at this, I can do that, right? This is the time to do it because you won't have that time in different seasons of life. Um, Not only that, but it's like... So, so marriage is one thing, but like age is another thing. It's like, yeah, I was, I was talking with, um, uh, Christianity today, actually one of my friends works as a writer for them and they're asking me about my small churches. And I was like, you know what my small churches are not good at, um, anything that involves them like physically doing anything, even if it's just showing up because they're all 80, not all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And it's like. I am young. I am healthy. I can still do some things that I won't be able to do when I'm 50, right? Um, And I need to make use of that too. So it's not even just like singleness, that that's important. It's like you need to make the best use of your time in all aspects of that. My brain is as sharp as it's ever going to be, so I need to make use of that. My body is as healthy as it, maybe not as healthy as it'll ever be. (laughs) Not terribly healthy at the moment all the time, Um, (laughs) but I'm significantly healthier than I will be when I'm 70 i need to make use of that i've got two good legs that i can walk somewhere and preach the gospel if i need to right and i will not always be able to do that and i need to make use of that and we waste 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 so much time on frivolous useless things and sitting there thinking we don't have anything to contribute to the world or to the church mm, that's good i'm gonna get off my soapbox now. okay so <laughs> So speaking of
2: things that you can train yourself up mm-hmm. in while you're single, while you have lots of time, be trained in the Bible. Oh, okay, th- so yes. Like, oh, that was aggressive. That was. <laughs> two things I would say here right off the bat. Um, first, when you, when you're just starting to read the Bible, you should presuppose that there are going to be things that you don't understand or that that don't make sense to you, and you should presuppose also that when you encounter one of those things, it only doesn't make sense because you don't yet understand it and you can probably get a better grasp of it. The more you read, the Bible is is self-interpreting; it's self-referential. So, the more Scripture you understand, the more you understand other Scripture. Um, okay. The second thing is, when you're just starting out like this, you should not become too rooted in the in your convictions. You should yeah. not become too convinced of your theology. You yeah. should not you should not uh, put forward your ideas as if you're going to be married to those same ideas. 20 years into your training.
1: Um, if you can get those two things right, I think those are kind and of And more... I'm going to throw a third one on there. Don't do it alone. Mm. Yeah. Right? Part of the problem is people read scriptures alone and think that what they think is what everyone else is thinking. That's not Sometimes true. that's
0: how cults start.
1: That's exactly... Uh, every <laughs> time that's how cults start, right? So it's like the reason that we mentioned last night the podcast, the reason that we mentioned Theos U, um, which for the record, if you want a... F- like. Something that's free that I would say is—I mean, it's not going to be the same caliber as TSU because they have, like, legitimate professors teaching these things. Um, but something that's free that covers just about every th- possible question that you could think of in the Bible. If you go on YouTube and type in The Bible Project, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they have cool. videos that explain whole books of the Bible. They have videos that explain oh. characteristics of God. They have videos that explain— um, Questions about, like, how the world was created. They got a video for everything. They're usually, like, five minutes, and it's free, and it's still really high. Like, I use them. I learn things from them myself, and I have seven years of, like, legitimate training in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still things that they know that, like, that's, I don't, I don't learn things alone either, and I have, like, I'm, I've been at this for some time. Right. I have people that I go to that I assume are far wiser in understanding than I am. And I go to them.
0: Well, that, I mean, that goes back to the points three and four. I mean, Christian right, or points community. two and three, like you've got to have Christian community. Yeah. You've got to make sure that you belong to a church. Cause if yeah. you belong, truly belong to a church, then you probably have some sort of access to its head pastor or some of its pastors. Yeah. And you can ask questions like, I wish, man, I wish more people would come in United and ask me questions about the Bible. Yeah, like I wish that people would, ask questions about, hey, what does the Bible say about this? Hey, I was reading this and I just don't understand it. Or, yeah. you know, this doesn't line up with the way that uh, I thought before. Um, can you explain this a little bit more to me? It doesn't have to be this crazy thing. Like being trained in the Bible doesn't have to be this crazy. I got to sit down for five hours a day. It do- It's not that. It's surround yourself in community, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal his word as you read it, and then journal it, talk about it, watch the YouTube videos about it, Talk to the pastors about it. Talk to me and Caleb about it. Michael, we would love you to do these things. Yeah. And it is helpful. It's beneficial
1: for you. And um, and and it's it- beneficial for us. Like part of the Christian life is being able to help people who are behind you in the walk. It yeah. makes every person better when they're helping someone else, right? And so it's like we aren't growing. Kendall, Michael, and I aren't growing if we're not helping you. That's yeah. part of it. Right? Yeah. So we want you to come ask us things. We want to help you out because we grow in the midst of it. We are incomplete unless we're helping other people grow. Yeah. And I think you should also probably <clears throat> be cautious about
2: choosing a theology before you know your Bible. And what I mean by that is like, uh there are when it comes to Christian denominations, most of the time what I see happening are people from, so for instance, the Methodists or the the Wesleyans and like the Calvinists will misrepresent what each other believes and then attack the the misrepresentations. (laughs) And that's because so many of them have chosen a theology before they have understood their Bible. And so I agree with the importance of community and the importance of discussing the word of God with fellow believers, but I would just advise against like taking what your group says as authoritative,
1: right? Uh, you know. Well, and that's like, it, you and that gotta might be f- why
2: people don't ask questions.
1: Oh, like, that could be. Yeah. And you, this is like, we went, we talked about feeding yourself, right? Here's the thing. If you're feeding yourself and you see scripture clearly saying something and the community that you belong to is saying, this isn't what it says, right? Then um, they're wrong, not the Bible, right? Now there are times where the Bible is very clear. It's like word for word black and white there are times when the bible is not black and white and that's when you need other people right um but if they're saying things against the black and white things it's like oh maybe that's not the community i want to belong to and you know so for example i have a brother who's a presbyterian pastor and for the most part we just make fun of each other but there are things that i just legitimately disagree with him on and there are things that we legitimately disagree on and there are moments where we you know will make a straw man out of the other person's theology and attack that, right? And that's going to happen. And part of why the Bible is so important and why you just need to stick with that is because it helps you cut through all the crap um, of these arguments that people have, right? And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's why that's necessary.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think if you, uh, I I know we're running out of time, but I want to say this real quick, is that if if you don't have an understanding of basic, even just slightly more than basic, Full on biblical principles, you are going to be led astray and you are going to, uh, you're going to end up so disappointed in life and Mm -hmm. so you're going to feel like you were betrayed at some point in your life. Let me just say that because at some point in your life, something is going to happen that absolutely rocks. Uh, your belief system yep. that rocks the way that you view the world your perception of reality it is go- it's going to happen the longer you live if it hasn't already something is going to absolutely rock you and if you do not have the firm foundation of the word of god yeah. and an understanding of who god actually is and the fact that he is sovereign then you will be rocked to um, you will be rocked to your core and you, you will be demolished right? Yep. It's like, I mean, Jesus even talked about it, right? He said, the wise man builds his house upon the rock and the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. And man, we got a lot of sandy houses built right now yeah. because people don't understand basic biblical principles. And instead of allowing the Bible to to um, to tell them what their worldview should be, they use their worldview to interpret the Bible. And that is completely backwards Mm
2: -hmm. yeah because if
0: i'm using my worldview to interpret god's word then i'm actually god yeah and that is so so wrong so please make sure that you (laughs) that you are studying the bible not from your perspective but from the perspective of what the bible was meant to be
1: yeah oh and here's my plug for anyone who's listening like we want this podcast to be useful to you, right? We want to be, answer- we're, we're, we fill space, right? In some sense, based on things we think you need to hear, but ultimately like we want to hear from you. If you've got legitimate questions and you're like, I don't know how to ask this, this might be a stupid question. Um, yeah, it might be a stupid question, but it's a stupid question that you're probably not the only one that has it, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, and we want this podcast, we want our you know, our teachings, we want these things not to just be things that we think you need, though some of it's going to be that. Um, things that you have questions that we might be able to answer and help you out. Like we want to help you out. And this is a really great opportunity for this to happen over a podcast. Like yeah. you got a question about the Bible. We will spend 45 minutes trying to answer that question. If we have to, if it's going to help you know Jesus better, we will absolutely do that.
2: Yeah. That's really good, man. That point candle about like, if you don't have the firm foundation that things will happen to you, that will cause betrayal will make you feel like you're betrayed so much so that your whole belief system disintegrates. Like that's so important that we could do a whole nother podcast on that. That's really good. Um. Okay, so we'll wrap on this last point here. Can we cue
1: um, the music? How firm a foundation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we actually could. Yeah, if we had, if we had, had it, we could slowly fade Saints it in over top of our. <laughs> <Lord>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My gosh.
2: Okay. Uh, process all decisions and how they will bring God glory. This one is probably one of the most challenging things to do in your Christian walk, because there are lots of things that you want to do that will not bring God glory. And, uh, well, so what, hmm, what does that look like on like a day-to-day basis, starting out with small decisions and leading up to maybe big decisions and how do, uh, how, how is it the case that when you make the small decisions incorrectly, that those can lead you down a path to making one very bad, big decision? let yeah. talk about that. So yeah. I,
1: I, go ahead. So a um, couple things that I'm I'm thinking. One, I honestly stink at this myself. So it's like if you feel like you're bad, just know that your pastors aren't always good at this either. Um, but that being said, I think part of the goal of this question, like part of the like the asking of the question, is this going to bring bring God glory? Is um being able to not ever ask that question again. And here's here's what I mean by that. Um, the goal of the Christian life is to think and act so much like Jesus that you don't have to sit there and think and act, will this bring God glory? But you're already so in tune with what God is up to that you don't even need to ask that question anymore because you're either already doing the things that will bring God glory or you're not doing the things that won't bring God glory, right? And um, the Christian life, it's we don't live... Like the difference between Christianity and a lot of other religions, is it's just not—it's not about morality, right? And that's like a—it's a, a good question, but it's like a morality type question. Um, whereas the Christian life is about growing so much in the spirit and so much like God that we don't need to ask that question anymore because we already know what is and what isn't, right? Um, and so it's like, we want to be working ourselves out of that question in some sense. Now I'm not even there yet. Right. Um, and I've met very, very few people who are at that place. Right. So it is still good to have this question. Um, and, and we, it is the hardest, right. Cause it's like legitimately every single day is what I'm about to say to this person going to bring God glory. No. Okay. I shouldn't say it. And not only that, but even neutral things. Like I say a lot of neutral things that have no value. And it's like, even those, if those don't mm. bring God glory, I shouldn't say them. And yet most of my time, most of the words that I say are things that are neutral, that don't bring God. They don't harm people, but they don't bring God glory. Right. So I shouldn't say them. Right. Most of my actions are that way. And I think we can, I think we think of it in terms of the negative things. Like I shouldn't do these negative things. But there's negative and there's neutral things, and we do a lot of neutral things. Um, But if those neutral things aren't bringing God glory, then I shouldn't be doing those either, right? It's like there's a a three-category thing. We usually just think of the bad things. It's like, yeah, I shouldn't be sleeping around. Great, check, got that. Um, But maybe there's a bunch of other things in between not sleeping around and, you know, living a –
2: What about jokes? (laughs)
1: <laughs> like no seriously uh, jokes yeah but are, it's, it's true absolutely. right well uh, was it in ephesians is
0: it, is it in ephesians it actually talks about you know Let no, no talk? unwholesome yeah.
1: talk oh, oh my gosh i went on a rant on facebook <laughs> back in the middle of the political things because i saw so many people getting like right in the middle of um um when trump was first getting elected president right mm-hmm. there was so much like uh volatileness on facebook and i'd go on facebook Um, and when COVID first came out, this was really the case. And there was a Facebook page called like Pennsylvanians against, um, Wolf or something like that. Yeah. And there were hundreds of thousands of people on this Facebook page. Um, and you would see the most horrific things posted, like wanting this person dead, wanting this person's family dead. And you go on the profile and it turns out that they like go to a church and have something about Jesus on there. Um, And I remember making a post in there and I was like, hey, um, if you're not a Christian, like, I don't care. You can do whatever the heck you want. Probably not wise, but you can do whatever you want. If any of you are considering yourselves Christians, let me remind you, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth except for what is for the building up of others. Um, Because if you are not doing that right now, you are sinning and you need to repent. Right. And I let a lot of unwholesome talk come out (laughs) of my mouth. A (laughs) lot. And usually it's in the form of like a joke. Um, and you know, it's like, oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. But it's still unwholesome and I need to not do that.
0: Yeah. Let me, so let me say something real quick here is that, um, number one, Caleb, you kind of said this, no one's ever going to be perfect at this. No one is yeah like, if you try to be perfect at this, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to start to feel shame. You're going to start to feel guilty. It's going to do the adverse. (laughs) It's going to have an adverse effect on you. So we're not saying you have to be perfect in this, but, um, instead of trying to decide what is good and what is bad or trying to make decisions between what is good and what is bad or what is sinful and what is not sinful or whatever, what is black and what is white instead maybe have the process of what is doing the most good. Like not necessarily what's good and bad, but we want to work to the point where we're not thinking, like you said, Caleb, we're not thinking right. about what is good or what is bad. We're actually thinking about what is going to do the most good.
1: Mm, for, like, for the kingdom. Yeah,
0: for the kingdom. Right. Like Seek we are first his righteousness. Yes, we good. are working towards that mindset yeah. of, at some point, I want to be so much like Jesus or at least be pursuing Jesus enough to be yeah. like him to not have to worry about, right. is this wrong or
1: is this right? It's, but is this the most good for the kingdom? You'll appreciate this because you like, physiology. It's a muscle memory thing, right? Like this, this question starts the process down muscle memory. The question of, will this bring God glory? Um, I do something, I say, does this bring God glory? Great. And I do it again and 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 again. And at some point I don't have to ask that question anymore because I already know, like my body physically knows what that response is. Right. And that's what we're shooting for. Right. Um, it's like, you're going to have to ask that question. You have to, um, but the more that you do it over 20, 30, 40 years, if you ask that self your question 30 years in a row, I'm going to tell you what you're going to know without even thinking about it. You're going to act in the way that God wants you to act without even having to think about it because it's been so ingrained in who you are and your spirit is so developed and your spirit is so the spirit of God in you is so attuned that you will just do what God wants you to do. And you're going to fail sometimes, but you're going to more likely than not do the things you that God wants you to do, because there's such a muscle, a muscle, I'm air quoting, you can't see that right now. Uh, muscle memory, so to speak, of the spirit work in your life, right? Yeah. that's what we're shooting for.
0: You're so really, honestly, um, this is, this is building upon the last point again. Like the more you know about God's character, the more you've read his word, yeah. the more you've spent time asking the Holy Spirit, that's how you who is God? Hey, what do you mean by this? What are you wanting to do in me? The more you uh, bear the fruits of the spirit, the less you have to ask this question because you're going to bring glory to God in what you do. So it starts really with understanding who God is and who he's making you to be. And you've got to read the word of
2: God Mm -hmm. through that. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to land the plane. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you all for joining us today for the Uloft podcast. Don't forget to come out Tuesday evening, 7.27 p.m., at twenty seven zero seven West Pike Road, Indiana, PA, for Unites, uh, you will enjoy these. These are lots of good worship teaching, and a lot of people. We had a lot of people for the opener. Like,
1: yeah, it was awesome. It was really, it was, really was sick, nasty. We're putting
2: out more chairs next week, so we be are. there. Yeah, your chair is going to be put out next week, so you need to come and <laughs> fill it. Uh,
1: all right. Cue the How Halferma Foundation.
2: Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the U Loft Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. Also, come out and join us for a Unite every Tuesday at 7:27 p.m. This is a time of music, friends, and important teaching. You don't want to miss it. You can learn more about Unites as well as everything else we do by visiting unitediup.com. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we will see you in the next episode.